0: Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec Government Office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ryan's Rants and Raves. We're doing this in person. No, it's the second time. Yay. So, and Karen was my first guest, so that's exciting.
2: I'm happy to be back.
1: And I'm with my friend Fred, who introduced me to Karen. So yes. it's it's all full circle. I'm
2: old friends.
1: Old friends. So I'm young. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right.
1: But... You know, thank you both for taking the time to be with me and good old Rockefeller Center. And can you both introduce yourselves, Fred and Karen, so to the audience?
2: Um, I am Karen Elberg, and I have been editor-in-chief of MR Magazine since 1990, so that's 30-something years. That scares me to even okay. say <laughs> that, but prior to the magazines, mostly at retail, i worked for Bloomingdale's for a while and for um, several May Company and several of the department store buying offices. Now I write about menswear and it is a very special industry. So I love talking about it and thank you for asking me.
1: And
0: Fred? Well, um, you know, I have a buying office, a consulting service here in New York that I've had for a long time. Yeah. And I have the same sort of background that Karen has working in specialty stores, department stores before I opened my own business. And I just love what I do because I love product and I'm able to shop anywhere in the world and mostly Italy and New York. And we discover a lot of interesting products that we like to pass on to our stores to make our stores current and with it, What's happening in the marketplace? It's a job that I love. And I actually like going into grocery stores and gift shops. And <laughs> I just like everything and
1: product. And I particularly like the shopping experience. Yeah, and that, that makes the job perfect. So you enjoy yes, it. So absolutely. you see everything. But so for you being a buying office, how is that entailing? Just, just for those who don't know what a buying office is and how that's. Well, I,
0: I think um, a buying office is probably an old terminology that was in New York forever when I entered the market. As a buying office, there probably, at that time, maybe 20 buying offices mm-hmm. left. But my understanding, talking to some of the older generation in the marketplace, that at one time, there was 40 or 50 buying offices. But that was when there were many stores. It's kind of feel the marketplace because we work with only independents. So we're 24-7 in the marketplace. So I think we lend a helping hand to give them direction toward the next fashion is going to come from, even color direction, model direction, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what we feel like that we do for the stores. And we try to meet these stores at all the men's shows that happen around the country. It's a nice environment. And many times when we talk about a vendor, that particular vendor will probably be on the floor and they can actually go and visit that vendor after we've talked about it. Or sometimes we'll bring the vendors into our show and they'll make a conversation statement chosen product. So it's all about working together to yeah. get the best product that we can in the marketplace and bring it into our stores.
2: Yeah. At the best price, you sometimes manage yes, to get true. some discounts for them, which is very nice. Well,
0: we always try to have some edge for the stores in terms of uh markup and margin. So many of the vendors will work with us on special pricing that we can turn around and offer the stores. Because basically, I'm paid a retainer. Yeah, as to stores to belong to my office.
1: Well, and I, I think also it's just a reassurance. You know, let's say I'm a store in North Carolina, then I can say, "Oh, with the vendor, I can trust this vendor is going to ship on time because Fred knows that other stores worked with them, and the quality is what is actually seen in the sample." Right. And I think that's something hard when you're trying to get good product, but you right. have to have different product from than what Bloomingdale's has down the streets, sure, or everyone else has. And the vendor's perspective, it's like, well, I want to make sure it's a good store as well. And you can guarantee, you know, you could say this is a good yeah, store. It's been a business. <coughs> yeah, for after. sure.
0: We just have a new resource we're working with called Romeo Marino. And they're from the Mauritius. And they're able to ship here with no taxes whatsoever. And they're making merino wool products, oh, wow. which we use a lot of. And next season, they're introducing a 50 merino wool, 50 cashmere blend story. Most of my guys did not know who they were. So got together with Andres, who's the representative here, who's living in Miami. And he sent a sample to every one of our stores this past week. Really? Wow. They could touch and feel it so they could feel more comfortable about maybe purchasing the product. Because as a buyer... It's hard to buy something through a Zoom. Mm -hmm. You need to touch a product, need to feel it, need to see how it fits. And so he was kind enough to say he had made a mistake and ordered a bunch of extra smalls and smalls that he didn't sell, that they sell in Europe but not here in the U.S. So he said, I'll just ship them that product. It won't be their size. Their wives can wear it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But they'll feel the quality of the product, and it is a very superior product. So that's one of the connections that you can put together with a vendor to make it happen for the store.
1: And for a store to actually discover this vendor, like we mentioned, you mentioned earlier, that's, that's not easy. That's not easy. To sure, sure. I do want to chat about the trends you guys are seeing, because you both are back in the market and you're right. here, coming back to the city more often and you're right. seeing so many showrooms. What What are you seeing out there right now?
2: I I can speak to that very briefly. They were, Planning because people got so used to comfort during the pandemic and wearing knits and joggers and hoodies and comfortable clothing, they were planning to do much less tailored clothing business and stay with the comfortable sportswear. But to everybody's surprise, the tailored clothing business, since the spring, I think, of this year, the first quarter was awful, but second quarter, 2021, events came back and... Guys just decided they want to dress up a little bit, and suit business has been very, very strong, especially, believe it or not, many of the Canadian soup oh. brands. Really, I think they were mentioned more often than the Italian brands. The Italian has uh, much more shipping yeah. supply chain problems yeah. right now, so even though Canadians have a few supply chain problems also, but I just jotted down the ones I'm hearing are doing so well for them as Jack Victor, Copley, Empire, Samuelson, those kind of may, yeah, maybe made in Quebec. Yep. So that's a good thing. But basically the newest and most important trend I think is about hybrid dressing where you're not in a suit and you're not in sports where it usually includes one tailored piece, and but it's could be a very soft coat, like or an overshirt, like you're wearing, and a vest, and layered, and you know, a little hipper, cooler look than a traditional suit. So both are doing well, and thank goodness for that.
1: Yeah, I'm happy. Students coming back. Do would you would you agree with that? To oh yourself? yeah, everything
0: she back. said is, is certainly happening in the stores, and a lot of it had to do actually with COVID. So everybody was so restricted for so long. And you couldn't have events and you couldn't have weddings. And all of that came back in 2021. The weddings were like off the charts. And so when you have a a wedding party come into your store, they're going to be buying eight, nine suits or tuxedos Mm -hmm. and all the acriments that go along with that. But then also when they're in your store, they're shopping for other things. So the weddings have been this terrific. The other phenomenon I think that's interesting is that because we couldn't go inside restaurants, the restaurants here in New York and across the U.S., all built outside facilities. And, of course, eating out on a chilly afternoon or a chilly evening required to wear something, even though some of the places were being heated. But one of the biggest items, and I think it'll continue next year, is best. Men yeah. started wearing vest, and it's become part of the wardrobe now so our best business is like through the roof and then there's a new code in the market called the chore code a chore what's that it's spelled c-h-o-r-e and if you look google and look it up you'll find out it's uh over 100 years old and it was a workman's coat in england and the electricians and the people that worked in the streets and that kind of stuff wore this chore coat it's a three-pocket coat and it was done in like khaki fabrics and denim fabrics and moleskin. So it was really a workman's coat, but it's turned out to be this wonderful new coat that's been introduced to America, but from anywhere from denims and khakis all the way up to Harris tweed and even camel hair. So it's become, I think, the new uniform. So as Karen was talking earlier, that sort of relaxed work. Chore coat actually covers a sport coat arena soft coat arena so you can wear it any number of ways yeah so it's a dress up dress down and I think come fall 22 it'll be the coat of the year for everybody done in all kinds of fabrics
2: some people are using the term over shirts because it's almost like a shirt over a shirt it's not a heavyweight jacket it's another layer and it's a new category when I interview retailers for the magazine. I, I have them break down their business by category and tailored clothing is one, sportswear is another. And they all yelled at me this time around. They said, you know what? It's not really part of these overshirts or chore jackets, not really part of tailored clothing and not really part of sportswear and we're doing a separate category just for these overshirt type pieces. So it could revolutionize if it catches on as I think it's it will. It's new item. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a
0: brand new item. And I think it's, I even thought about talking to some people on building an e commerce site to sell nothing but shortcuts. <laughs> no, yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's how that big, I yeah. feel about it. I just remember years ago there was a coat. I think it was introduced originally by J. Crew mm-hmm. barn coat. Barn yeah, coat. that's barn a similar coat.
2: idea, right?
0: Similar kind of coat, although didn't have the sort of pocket treatment that I talked about, three open patch pockets but that coat became a monster, okay? And I remember meeting a vendor, uh, that vendor's still in business today under the name of Weatherproof, but it was Pizer Industries, P-E-Y-S-E-R. And I went down and met with the owner and said, i tell you what, I really like the fabric you're doing in this barn coat, and I think we can sell a lot of those. I want a 2,000 coats from, from my stores, but I want a very special price. And he said, well, I thank you that you're here to purchase that product. and We're very proud of the product that we make. But he said, I really can't give you a price. 2,000 coats, you can't come up with a price. He said, look, I sell 5,000 coats to a bookstore at a wow. college. He said, "That's it's become a uniform. So I think this chore coat is going to replace that barn coat, which was a monster. I mean, an absolute monster. And the other thing I'm excited about that, I saw probably four or five years ago being presented was double breasted and our retailers have stayed away from it, away from it, away from it. I think now they're ready. I I see it everywhere on the Internet, on e-commerce sites. So I think that will be probably a new
1: item in the stores. And I think it makes sense. And then for the chore coats, do you guys have a vendor that's currently making the chore coats? It doesn't um, have to be in Canada. So. I think, uh, no. I
2: think <laughs> almost everyone is making them from the Xenias and you know because Xenia has moved from a tailor clothing company to a Sports full stores. collection yeah. that's very sportswear and item oriented. Right. So you can get it at that price. In fact, someone gave me a list of their best bestsellers, and Zennia Sport coats was number one on this bestseller list. At get this. 2500 to $3,500 is their retail range that are wow. selling. Canali sport coats at 1500 to $1,800. Fidelity cashmere soft coats at 2295 That's 2295 I mean, the luxury part of the business is what's doing the best right now. If you're lucky enough to have that customer who yeah. has more money than he knows what to do with right now because he hasn't been traveling, he hasn't been going to fancy affairs, he's, so he's... He's shopping and across the board. uh, I shouldn't say across the board because some of the big city stores are still struggling where the occupancy rate is very, very low. Spoke to someone in Chicago yesterday and it's like a 15% occupancy rate, their their, um, office buildings. So people are not coming downtown. The lawyers are not coming downtown to file a motion anymore. They're doing it on Zoom or whatever. So that business is tough.
0: Well, I think I think New York is coming back, and I, and I tell you why. You know, I walked down here from Fifty Fifth. Fifth Avenue is packed, and the other day I had to go to a resource on Fifty Second and Seventh.
2: Right. And then I
0: came back to 6th to walk back to Fifty Fifth, and along that corridor is nothing but office buildings, and it was the first time that I've ever seen in and out of the office buildings. So people are now coming back to their offices. In New York City, not nowhere near what it used yeah. to be, but New York is alive and happening again. So I think that hopefully it will benefit those bigger stores that aren't doing the business. But our independents are doing really, really well And this phenomena with the weddings and the suits and sport cuts and everything they're selling. I predict that after the holidays, that's going to slow down. Okay, And sportswear is still going to be king, as it turned out to be king in COVID. One
2: of your stores told me that he has a lot of friends who run event venues. He said 2022 is booked. Fridays and Saturdays, the whole year,
0: is booked for weddings. No, 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 I, I believe that. So that suits. No, I think, but I think weddings will be bigger in 2022 than 2021. But I think there's a lot of people that, just had the urge to dress up and there was a lot of conversation about people gaining weight during COVID and they needed a new size or whatever but I, I think that impact of not a wedding or an event but just will slow down and I think sportswear will, will be the king. I think it's all these soft jackets and it's a short coat I agree or, with that. you know or a soft coat like you've got on today um, and I think that's where the activity will be yeah. and then of course you can't Kind of get away from the new performance fabrics. Even the high-end trouser companies like Zanella has a pant that retails for over three hundred dollars. That's polyester and stretch. And once you put on that pant, you just—it's almost all you want to wear. And cotton's not going to go away, or corduroy, or moleskin, or any of those other things. But this new polyester fabric is being interpreted everywhere. And it's, the
1: comfort level is incredible. Yeah, that's what's important to be comfortable on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the uh, the other side of that is the five pocket pants, be it denim or other fabric. They're doing it in twill, khaki. There's a lot of stretch in these fabrics now. So vanity sizing is a, it's always been important to women, and <laughs> men are starting to now see if they're a size forty two. In this stretchy fabric, they can wear a forty no. and think that they lost weight. Because the fabric is so stretchy, so that's really The
0: mental game. Though. Yeah, exactly. no, That's been a real phenomenon the yeah. last two years. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's gaining ground all the time. So right. That's here to stay as well. From that, just the way the fabric wears and it doesn't wrinkle, and uh, they have all these components in the fabric where they, you, know, you don't sweat in them, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's a real important. And the one thing we're going to focus on, at least my office is, because I believe we do have a huge climate problem. Okay? Oh, yes, yeah, so sustainability. So sustainability. And we see that most manufacturers are trying to turn in that direction, you know, because it takes about 46 gallons of water to make a denim jam. Now, how silly is
1: that for the world? Okay?
2: Especially when the water is blue because of the indigo and then it goes into the rivers and the rivers turn blue right. and it's, it's when well,
1: then they turn to distress it so it uses be
2: more yeah. yeah
0: so sustainability is a is going to be a push from my office to get my stores involved in that
2: um Fred I unfortunately because I asked for my retail survey that I'm working on I asked all the stores to what extent are your customers concerned about this and they said it's not yeah i mean they're probably concerned if you ask them they'll say yes i want to save the planet but they don't go in and say is this pant made of a sustainable fabric they're not
0: i think i think and i agree with what karen's saying um totally but i think that the push has just come really hard in the last six to eight months and it's
2: a plus it's certainly a plus even if they're not
0: yeah so i think if you have a customer coming to your door and you can say by the way this is sustainable yeah that not that they're going to get excited about it, but it's not going to turn them off for the purchase. And you're doing a, a wealth of good for the planet and for people's health. So- you know what
2: certain brands have done, Fred, and I learned this through your magazine, is they have a code. And if you scan it with your phone, you can see the whole history, production cycle of where, where the fabric came from, where the... Product was sewn, and it gives you the whole history of it. So to track the sustainability from, you know, from fiber to finished product. Yeah, we have
0: one company we deal with, Myers, is from Germany, and they went totally sustainable from the factory level to the fabric level to the threads to the buttons to everything. And there's a symbol. I think it's OTK which is a, makes you certified, sustainable, yeah. and they have that for their entire product. Okay. That's great. Yeah, So it doesn't distract from the fashion point of view at all. All it does is make it better for the world. So as an office, we're talking a lot about it, and we hope our stores will gravitate. They're going to be forced to gravitate that way because I don't really know hardly any manufacturer that's not thinking about it in one way or another, trying to reach those sustainable level.
1: It's a buzzword. People are trying to say, like, how are they sustainable?
3: One thing I'd like to add, based upon going to PICI and also through the internet, magazines, and so on and so forth, uh, we've been wearing, in clothing, uh, particularly the last few years, a sort of a slim silhouette with narrow lapels and flat fronts. And I think going forward, we're going to see a new style in clothing with wider lapels, a little looser coat, and a fuller trouser with pleats. I think it looks good. It's something we used to wear a long time ago. And what excites me about it is when you get a big change like that, if it takes hold, and I think it will, your customer all of a sudden feels like he's outdated and he'd like to get updated. So I think even though we'll have that swimsuit that we call the modern suit around for a while, I think this new silhouette uh, is gonna gain some ground. So I think it's something as you come to market for January, February, look for these new trends, particularly
1: the wider lapels.
3: I think it is a new direction and it seems very fresh.
1: Um, I do want to chat about the core, about rants and raves. Do you both have anything you want to rant?
2: I can rant. It is very unfortunate that because of these supply chain issues yes. that retailers have to play so early now. They were just pre-pandemic. They were just getting into, I think it was Giorgio Armani who wrote an uh, editorial in Women's Wear Daily about let's let's do more in season goods. It's ridiculous to produce a year ahead sure. and you know, we're going to get more in line with the weather and blah, blah, blah. And it never happened. COVID came. And now, unfortunately, if they don't place really early, they don't think they they're don't going pop. to get it. So that's a shame. That It just took them off track. But it's another casualty of the pandemic. I don't know what, what we can do about it. What they're also very upset about the stores I spoke to is the, um, you know, they did a lot on auto replenishment where their basics, they didn't have to buy a lot. They could just reorder it as it sold yeah. out. Now, because they can't get it as it sells out, they have to buy all that up front. So it's it's not not a healthy thing, but hopefully temporary.
0: You hit the nail right on the head. That's the, going to be the huge issue moving forward because the supply chain is getting tougher and tougher every day. It's It's a major problem, and I'm not sure how we're going to deal with it moving forward. I think when we start to attend the first new shows of fall 22, We'll get a better reaction to how the manufacturer's feeling about being able to produce goods on a timely basis and get it delivered. But it's it's a major
2: problem. Right now. The buzz phrase that I hear from a lot of them is we've learned to do more with, with less. Yes, more. So they carry less inventory and they're managing to turn it. They're managing to get a higher markup because, ironically, the shortage of goods has meant that. Um, customers are willing to pay a little more. They're not complaining about regular price. They're not waiting for it to go on sale because there's been so much press yeah. that there's going to be shortages that they buy it when they see it and they pay more for it. So that's good.
0: Yeah, that's positive for the stores. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I guess my thought process, if they asked me, I, I would say to them, I think you should be buying more fashion goods and less basics because I think fashion is what excites the customer and makes a purchase. Yeah. So I'd rather see a store stepping beyond his comfort level fashion wise and putting more interesting product in his store, even if he has to switch resources and play the game of trying to find the basics when you really need them.
1: Well, I, I like that point because that would also get the younger audience into the store. If you have more fashionable
2: items, they're more likely to enter. If you only have basics, it's not good to entice them oh, to for, go into oh, the sure, store. sure, um, sure. There's so, so many places to buy basics. So many online businesses are all basics that I I don't think they need more of it for a specialty store. Specialty stores should be selling special.
1: Yeah, exactly. So That's, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, you know, we did mention trade shows a bit. What what has you got you guys' experience been with going back to the trade shows? Has it been
0: they've been terrific. possible?
1: Uh, positive? Uh, it's positive. Been, it's positive. been positive, positive, positive,
2: positive. Lots of hugs. You know, That's it's it, nice yeah. to see old friends. And, you know, the men's where I worked in women's before I moved over to men's. And this is just a very lovely, warm and friendly industry of nice people for the most part. And I think sometimes when you're working from home, from your kitchen table, you forget. And then to go back to the trade shows and just reconnect with people was Everyone was yeah, had energy. That's, yeah, it, it was amazing.
0: Yeah. It, it was really no, it was great. great. I, you know, my clients are my friends, and you know, I know a lot about their kids and where they go to college and all that kind of stuff. So, you get to see them all again and talk again and see product and talk to people and have dinner with them, drinks. And it's fabulous. So, the trade shows are back, and they look uh, to me they'll be stronger than ever. And um, Chicago will be the new
1: national show as far as. It is already this will wrap up our time. So, merci encore à à vous deux. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. A très bientôt.